Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of the Kit and Krista podcast. The Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, it's coming out actually on Thanksgiving Day. So if you are in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving, then maybe you're listening to this while you eat some turkey. This is a good digestif, right? Digestif, as they say. Um, What's on the menu today? Well, let me tell you. Today is our big... Game Awards predictions episode. We cannot believe that the Game Awards is just right around the corner. And we're going to get these predictions in, locked up into this time capsule. So we can look back and see if we can take a W or take an L. So yeah, we, we have been today. combing through all of the official nominations. And we're going to give you what we think is going to win. Not in all of those categories, a couple yeah. too many esports categories that I, a lot. I don't know anything about. So right. we're going to skip some of those. But we have 19 categories that we're going to go through line by line. And line. we each have three big predictions of our own about uh, announcements, reveals, surprises. Yes. yes. Now think, you, you. Oh. I want you to talk about your big theory right at the top oh, of the podcast yes. here about Nintendo and the Game Awards, because we know a thing or two about that. So tell the people your big theory. So I feel like what Nintendo does with announcements at the Game Awards will be a good indicator of how they're feeling about Switch in 2023. Obviously amongst, you know, we we used to call them the core gamer. I hate that phrase, but that's what they would call them. People who like games. Um, You know, last year Nintendo didn't do that much, but in Mm -hmm. the past they've done a lot. So if they're feeling like, oh, you know, maybe things are starting to slow down on the Switch, maybe we need to really get something out there, reach beyond the audience of Nintendo Direct, we might actually see some really big announcements. Exactly. And I I think that's what's going to happen. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I think Nintendo's going to have a huge show. Yeah, yeah. I'm on that. I'm on the hype train with you on this Nintendo stuff. I do have that same sort of feeling that they are going to go big at the Game Awards. We'll, We'll talk about that in a little bit. But... This discussion about Nintendo and many other predictions are coming up in this episode, which is very exciting. That's right. Um, As usual, everything that we do here on this channel is made possible by our our wonderful Patreon family. Thank you so much for all of your support. We cannot do this without you, and we're so glad that you're with us. Thank you. We're gearing up for another great uh, virtual meetup with some of our uh, Patreon tiers that will be happening this weekend. We're going to unwind after the big uh, holiday and hang out and enjoy each other's company. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I always look forward to those um, monthly meetups that we're doing. And as usual, we have um, just the most wonderful community on our Discord. We just got some more messages just this morning about how great the server is and how everybody is just super friendly and nice and of course we have a food channel that is off the hook right now because of all the thanksgiving stuff so that's that's true fun to look at as yeah. well. someone made my curry and i was very excited what's your most uh what's your hottest thanksgiving opinion what is that supposed to mean like what what is your like most out take? there yeah what, what's your hot take on thanksgiving um my hot take on Thanksgiving is that I kind of like the leftover leftovers more than the actual meal. Like I kind of like Friday, the eating on Friday more than the eating on actual Thanksgiving. It's an extremely lukewarm take, I have to say. Sorry. Tell you. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. What can I say? What about you? Mine is, you know, 
Thanksgiving is kind of like our national amateur hour for cooking. It's like, if you don't know what you're doing with cooking, and if you don't cook (laughs) often, don't choose Thanksgiving to start. It's a bad place to start, you know? That's not a hot take. That's just like Captain Obvious. Listen. It's like, you're not a race car driver, so don't go driving a race car. What kind of hot take is that? Millions of people are like, what what, what do I need to do? Oh, the turkey's going to be five hours late because I don't know what I'm doing in here. In this day and age of the wonderful world of DoorDash or whatever. Uh, also, please sponsor us, DoorDash. Uh, um, yeah, you could get everything delivered. I mean, it's not hard. So That's not what is, I'm talking about. Your take is also lukewarm, just like my things. I don't think so. Very. Um, we have a great new video that is out now about weird switch accessories. That's our Super Kit and Krista video that just came out. Um, you should all check that out. Yes. Um, I have some right here. Oh, next really? Next to me. The tiny um, controller? Oh, the toaster. The teeny toaster. <laughs> Why does that exist? With two games. Oh. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> and this teeny controller, which is very cute. Look at this. Oh, no. Why do I keep What is going on, Butterfingers? Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's crazy. You my got some is... turkey grease on your fingers, I think. <laughs> Basting <laughs> away. skimming off the top already. Basting away. Anyways, um, check out the this video. This video, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this I video is controversial. Very. Uh, our friend, out. our good friend, uh, Wood Hawker. Is he our friend still after AKA this video? Beat him ups. Um, I don't think he liked, and this is, this is, I admit it's a style of video that he had done. Um, I don't know if he did it as well as we did, but, oh. um, I think he took issue with that. There's some beef being, the pot is being stirred once again between us and the Nintendo people. So I, 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 for one, drama, I don't, I don't get the it. drama continues. What are you going to do? The plot thickens <laughs> like that gravy, as they say. Oh. <laughs> this, this entire episode is going to be Thanksgiving puns, by the way. Yeah. Get on board. It's a very on-again, um, off-again relationship we have with them. Yeah. It's a little dysfunctional, Story I guess. Story of my life, honestly. <laughs> Story of my life, okay? It's all right. I'm, I'm here for all of them. I'm here for the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy yes. seeing, though... Um, all of the great feedback on our Wii U anniversary episode. Oh my gosh. Which continues yeah. to just delight people. We um, participated in a, in a story with uh, the one and only Stephen Tatillo. Yes. Where he wanted to hear, after listening to the podcast, he reached out to us and said, wow, I want to dig a little bit deeper on some of these stories. Mm-hmm. So there's a story from Axios that he wrote that yeah. you can check out. But And Stephen has been long time, you know, ingrained in the world of Nintendo with us. And we we've, been through a lot of this this um you know roller coaster of the just a lot <laughs> just a lot you like don't have deep, to say what it was it's just a lot deep sigh um with steven so it's it's kind of interesting to you know just talk to him about it because he was sort of um very much involved as well so exactly it exactly. was it was great to uh to see that story come out and um and yeah you and I both talked about this. It really was cathartic for both of us to just tell that story and have it sort of be in one place. I think more so than we imagined, like the sort of sort of taking out your memories. If, if there's any Harry Potter fans out there, you'll get this reference. It's like when you get the pensive and you take your memories out of your head into the pensive. don't have a clue what you're saying right now. And then you put it in the bottle of Dumbledore. You know, you guys, I know you are Harry Potter fans. We'll huh? get this. That is what this episode felt like to me. It's like you got to take the all the little bits and pieces out of the memory banks and put it somewhere so you can like look back at this piece of gaming history, you know? And I, it's it was kind of cool to have this 
as a place to do that. And it was very cathartic for me, I, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it took people a bit of time to come around on understanding our stance on the Wii U and our feelings about the Wii U because they're they're very different from, you know, most people's. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it's a very complicated relationship. Again, story of my life, people. Jeez. Right? Um, um because it is because, because because it is uh the Thanksgiving week, uh we do not have a Super Kitten Krista 64 uh coming out in the next couple days. But there's something exciting on the horizon. We did both get recently play dates. I have been wow. waiting years, literally. It's true, years. literally years. Year, I was on that wait list well, for like two years. So <laughs> what's funny is you bought yours years ago and, and yeah. have been waiting for years. You're and right. I wanted one, but I did not want to wait years. Right. Uh, and a few weeks ago, um, the play date people reached out to me and said, "We'd like to send you one." So ironic yeah. that we both ended up getting it about the same time uh, yeah. through some different means. But it's perfect because now we both have it and we can play with it together. Right. So we're going to be doing a little unboxing with that that you'll find Mm -hmm. sooner than later out there on the channel. And uh, once the holiday break is over, we'll be back on our usual schedule with uh, Super Kitten Krista 64. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, The last exciting announcement that we have is holiday merch. Yes. I'm so excited about the holiday merch. Um, You guys know that we are big fans of the yearly Nintendo holiday sweaters. And I think I own every single one since I've, since they started doing them. And since I've worked at Nintendo, so I have like at least seven of those Nintendo holiday sweaters in my closet. And, um, now that we're not at Nintendo anymore, I'm like, guess what? We're making our own. Now holiday we have our sweaters. own. That you I'm made, aware, you made these designs. I did. Well, I continue to be mystified at how you did this. Yeah. I'll put some photos up. Um, but I'm really proud. Like I love how this new job that I have get lets me do things you know that were once hobbies, like drawing and stuff. So um, I actually took our little faces. That's part of our logo um, that our wonderful friend Lee Kovacs um, created for us, and I took that sort of same style of it being pixel art, and I made some merch designs in that style. So we have this uh, cute little one with the reef. And then also one per your request, sir, Santa hats. You I said love Sa- please, I love Santa Claus. I won't lie. Make, I will not lie. I love Santa Claus. <laughs> please make me something with Santa hats, and I said yeah. okay. Very exciting. I gotta say, it, it doesn't sound like it's Thanksgiving for your cat. Your cat sounds upset. <laughs> always mad because I lock her out I would have her in here but it's two hour podcast I'm like, oh, I can't deal with you for two hours two hours Dude. of caterwauling is what we're going to get I now know, yes. I know, I know, sorry um, speaking of exciting things this episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN wow Wow! thank you ExpressVPN going online with that ExpressVPN is like leaving your kids with the nearest stranger while using the restroom most of the time it's probably fine but you never truly know who you're trusting why would you ever risk it that's why you need to be using ExpressVPN you love ExpressVPN you have used this for a long time I do I use this for a long time you know anytime you connect to some sort of unencrypted network you know if you're at a coffee shop or if you're at the airport or in a hotel we travel a lot, and this is exactly why I use ExpressVPN, because you never know if your online data is going to be secure with these unencrypted 
networks that you're always connecting randomly to when you're on the go. So I've used it and it's super comforting to know that um, I have something that keeps my data secure. And now is, I think, a great time to check it out because it's the holidays. You're doing all sorts of shopping. You might be, you might get an alert of like, oh, there's some great sale that I, I need to buy now. You might not be at home. You might be on some weird network. This will keep you safe. Exactly. And it also works on all your devices too. So if it, you know, your laptop, your phone, your tablet, like I bring, I literally, I'm like the bag lady with like every single device possible and I use it for all of them and it's really convenient and really nice. Yes. Secure your online data today at expressvpn.com slash kitkrista and get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kitkrista, expressvpn.com slash kitkrista. Link is here as usual and also in the description below. That's right. Um, all right. On to our big um, TGA segment here. And for this, we're combining story time and, and never a minute because this, this is a whopper. This is a beefy one. As, as I sure. said in my award-winning rap, it's not just big, it's a whopper. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that line. That's a, <laughs> you that's forgot? a good line. That's a great line. <laughs> Might be an award for me. I don't know. Trend, <laughs> trending trending game rapper. That's me. Oh, not yeah, trending gamer. Work. Bad things happen to the trending gamer. Oh, I am get, not the trending gamer. They get canceled in the bathrooms it, yeah, at E3. They get exposed. <laughs> they get exposed <laughs> in the bathroom at E3. Oh, no. Okay, we digress. Let's get into this uh, big prediction episode. We have, as you said, we have 19 categories yes. um, from the Game Awards. You can actually vote on the Game Awards, too. So, like, I'm going to do that after this. After yeah, we yeah. Collect our You've already done the work, so might as well. Exactly. And we're going to be at the Game Awards. That's right. Very Isn't that important exciting? detail. Very important, <laughs> <laughs> very important details that we're going to be there, and it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Um. And I can't wait to be back in person at the Game Awards. It's one of my favorite events of the year. So it's going to be. Yeah, great. we didn't get to go last year because yeah, you know it, it it was kind of a small group with the pandemic, and Nintendo mm-hmm. frankly didn't have a ton going on. No. And I think that was the only Game Awards that I had actually missed. So I'm excited oh, to wow. get back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you have been to every single one. I might have missed like one yeah. out of that mix. So we have been longtime Game Award attendees. And it de- definitely felt strange last year just to be left behind by Nintendo. Yeah, no, the schedule's like, we're, we're getting invitations to fun things. We're going to be vlogging mm-hmm. it so you can see it through our eyes. But it's going to be really fun. We have a special guest That's that true. we're meeting with. That's I'm true. so excited about Okay. Uh, On to the category. Category number one. Category the first. uh, Best best narrative. narrative. And the nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. I admit I did not know what Immortality was, but I looked it up. Yes. So now I I looked it up. I looked it up. Um, Out of this list, I have played three out of the four games. I'm sorry, out of the five games. Um, Yep, me too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these are repeats on the list is repeated in many categories. We'll be talking about these games throughout. But what is your initial thought for? There's been a lot of discourse around the narrative. Oh, the Elden Ring discourse and Elden Ring, exactly. That's silly. I thought it's very silly. I think as well. Uh, I admit I had no clue what happened in that game story, though. So that's not my pick. Like maybe. Six videos on the Elden Ring yeah. story, and I still don't understand it, but I'm into it. Like I'm like, yes, good, this is cool, yeah, but I don't get it. 
So I, I like have no it. problem with it being nominated, but my pick is uh, God of War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You think God of War is going to win? This is not what, what you think. It's what you think. Who you think would win? Thought, yeah, that's that's what I think is going to win. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. these are not my. Sure. These are not what. These are not my personal picks. I should say we're going to do our own big game of the year episode. That's so a good I'm, clarification. I'm thinking what the people? Which one will win? Yes, the game of the yeah. wards voting body, whoever they yeah. are, these shadowy figures. Yeah. The gaming, I also think. Yeah. The shadowy intelligentsia, the gaming kidarati. I mean, the, no, the gaming no, no, no. Illuminati. What if I was secretly a voter? <laughs> I knew it, and I didn't tell you. You're so shady. You would definitely do that. And Jeff not was like, him. "I want you. I want you guys to be in on this, but I can only take one of you." Said, and you're like, "I volunteer." Come to Papa right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, Jeff. Um, okay, I also think it's going to be God of War. Right yeah. Now. I mean, God, God of War with the first game, it really swept those awards. Right. Um, in 2018 so we know the vote the voters love this this series um this game has a great story we've been playing it i I don't see anything else here that it can really hold it topple it yeah Yeah, exactly and it's it's such a it's it's such a game that you play specifically for the story um versus some of these other ones on the list right right so more so than ever i think uh, especially with the second sort of entry into into this god of war series so yeah I agree. God of War is our prediction for best narrative. We don't have to agree. We don't have to agree on these. We probably won't agree agree on some. We probably won't won't agree on a lot of these. Uh, In the the end, I'll be I'll be right. I'll be proven right. You're going to find out. Uh Uh, Best art direction is is next. Uh, Nominees are Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. Mm -hmm, mm Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Some Uh, different. Different looks of games on this list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how say you on this one? I, I'm a little torn, but I think it's going to be Horizon Forbidden West. Really? Yeah. Tell me. Tell us why. I just feel like again, this game is another one that ha- is like really built for this category of art direction and like. The, the look of this game is so distinctive. The landscapes in this one in particular and and just like the style of it is so unique. Um, and it really has like it been branded as like the pretty game, you know? Yeah. So that, that that's why I, I think I'm I'm picking this one. I feel like you're going to disagree with me. I, I do. I think God of War and, and Horizon are great, but they are sequels that are kind of building upon what you know, the initial game already did, mm-hmm. um, you know, Scorn and Stray, and Stray. I think it's great that those got nominated. I think Elden Ring is going to be the winner. I mean, that is kind of building upon the Souls games and what From Software has done before, but it's like that, like on an exponential level. And there's so many different looks to this game and, and just so much art that went into it. Most art is that a category? Uh, maybe it should be. So I'm I'm thinking Elden Ring has a good good chance here, just for the newness factor that some of the other games don't have. That's the one I was torn between for for this category is between Elden Ring and, and Horizon. Both of them have a lot of merit for this category. I agree with everything you said about Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. We will see. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next category is best score in music with the nominees being a Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Wow. 
Yeah, I was excited for a Nintendo game to be nominated for a non-best family game category. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, you know? That's really cool. Um, the Xenoblade fans are going to be upset when this doesn't when this doesn't be. win. It's not going to win. I don't though. think it's going to win. I, I think it is either. absolutely deserving of winning, I but I don't so. think it will. Right. I agree. This one, and I'm not so uh, super familiar with um, a Plague Tale or Metal Health yeah. Singer. I did look up a little, like I did listen to some OST stuff, um, but it's a little bit hard for me to tell. Uh, I feel like it's going to be Elden Ring on this one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I love the music of Elden Ring. I yeah. think it's maybe a bit more ambient than some of the other games here mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking god of war is going to take this see um, that's the thing you were saying before about it being sort of samey from the first game yeah so i wonder if the uniqueness factor here of elden ring um will will push it over push it above god of war why don't we talk about why, why we don't think xenoblade is going to win this <laughs> Ah, Xenoblade is just, it's already like in a category where I feel like it's going to get a little bit dismissed, I guess. Yeah. My feeling is like people are just going to immediately overlook it because it's not a God of War or Elden Ring. It's it's more, you know, anime versus like traditional Hollywood, which is where I feel the Game Awards usually lean. It's like, oh, things that are like in the style of a Hollywood movie, that's what we want. And there's still not the respect that you would want on something, you know, as, quote, Japanese as Xenoblade. That's true. It's more of like sort of your traditional take on like expensive entertainment, something like that, um, is probably what's going to win. Yeah, even though that's probably the soundtrack that, you know, I would choose to listen to if I was going to sit down and listen to one of these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, so it's, it's so it's kind of a bummer for me to say that that's probably yeah. not going to take it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would be are going to be disappointed. It's going to be a rough night <laughs> for oh, some people. It's all right. It's so good, guys. <laughs> we can tweet through it, or we can tweet, we can hive we can, through it. Whatever, can, whatever you're on these days, you can mastodon through, through it. it. <laughs> we'll do all the things, and we'll listen to that really sad song from Chapter Five. Oh, there we go. Again. That's a good way to get over there some heartbreak. All right, best audio design. Yeah. Are you going to read them? Oh, I can read them. You've gone this far. You might as well. It is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. So Gran Turismo is always like famous for the lengths they go to of like, we, we mic'd up this Honda Civic like the, and yeah, it's like cars. we drove a hundred thousand miles across country. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if this was like a lifetime achievement award, I think it could be that, but I think yeah. maybe the, the bloom is off that rose a little bit. I'm actually thinking call of duty is going to get this. Yeah. I was thinking about which games have like the most impactful, like sound design kind of thing. And Call of Duty is definitely one of them. I was thinking God of War would be good too because there's so much like, like fighting and battling, crunching, crunch, axe crunching yeah. skull. It's very distinct. That's like a foley stage cabbage right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, mm, okay, you go with Call of Duty. I'm gonna go with God of War. 
Yeah, I, I actually have Call of Duty winning a couple things. This felt like a good comeback year for Call of Duty. After last year, people were not into that game. Right. Um, Vanguard, and it's been a long time since I played a Call of Duty, but from what I can tell, people are, are much more into this game. And yeah, the, the audio in those games is really good. So it is I, well done. I, I, that's my, it's maybe the safest pick I can see here. COD audio. COD, love that COD. Codio. Oh, Codio. Well, that's good. <laughs> Uh, best performance is next. We have Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West, Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem, Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok, Man and Gage for Immortality, and Sunny, how do you say this? Suljic? Suljic. Suljic yeah. for God of War Ragnarok as well. Yeah. On three, let's say what we think it is. One, two, three. Christopher, Christopher Judge. Judge. <laughs> now, would you be shocked if Sunny Suljic got this, though? be this this definitely is a game of really like equal parts atreus and kratos right um in this in this particular god of war game so whereas i feel like the last entry was like a lot more focused on kratos and his you know his dialogue and stuff this one's definitely more atreus so yeah you're further ahead in that game than than i am and we'll talk about it later um but it does feel like it's almost more atreus's game than um, Kratos's. Yeah. So I do wonder, you know, will people give, give Sonny a bit more of a nod over Christopher judge? Um, but I mean, Christopher judge just has that role. Iconic. It's iconic. Every, and, and there's, you know what? There's so much, um, a more emotional character for Kratos in this game for sure. And he really had to like, like capture that. And I like, it's so good. Even the way that he grunts is yeah. very like, oh, like this, there's like emotion and like meaning behind, you know, even simple things um, that Kratos does in the game. So you got to give it to Christopher Judge for that stunning performance. Yeah. I watched a video that PlayStation put up recently, which featured mostly Christopher Judge. It was like getting into the character of Kratos, but they actually featured voice actors from different languages. So it was a lot of gruff sounding dudes and, and, you know, a variety of different <laughs> languages. But it was cool to see the variety. I like when the subtitle just says grunts. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> All right. Best indie is next. we got a couple indie categories. So we have Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Oh, so, so this is where our paths diverge. Well, let, let's let's do some logic here. Uh-huh. One of these games is nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah. And it's Stray. Shouldn't that yeah. imply that it is the best indie? Shouldn't it? Well, that was the one that I was gonna That's choose. my pick. That's the Me too. I'm I'm a I'm a very logical person. That is <laughs> that's what happened in, in my head. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point. That is like if you were a judge at the Game Awards, wouldn't you logically make that inference as well? That because Stray is nominated for Game of the Year, right. it must be the best in its category. This is a great five games, though. I mean, I think any uh, of these yeah. could could realistically win it. But the fact that that is nominated for Game of the Year, I, I think that has to be it. Yeah, and that game was fantastic, honestly. Like, I I loved it. And I hope that it gets some recognition. The game I mean, it got nominated for Game of the Year. That's some recognition. Well, I mean, you got to take some wards home. You got a oh. trophy and everything. Come on. Okay. Can't just be nominated. That's like. Well, they have a cat on stage. <gasps> what, a a real cat? Backpack? They should give it a tiny trophy, like a cat size. Like the, the mocap cat that they used or something? Oh my gosh. That little cat is so cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Uh, best mobile game is next. We have Apex, Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. Ooh, what is Tower? That's the only one that I didn't don't, don't know um, much about, I guess. This category... I mean, we know that the, the, the judges are not super hardcore into mobile games. Right. So I wonder about this category. Mm-hmm. I chose Apex Legends just because it's kind of a biggish name that did a good job of being translated to mobile. Um, Diablo Immortal, we know there was enough scandal around that. People are not going to want to choose that. No, exactly. Marvel Snap, a lot of people love, but I don't know how far and wide it got for people to pick that. I think this it was is also one where people, late. It this is like vo- this late. is like voting for like you know prop prop you know seventy seven on your whatever ballot you've got, and it's like I don't know what <laughs> this is. Like I'm just I'm just eyeballing this for whatever looks good. Sure, sure. <laughs> you fine. Apex Legends, great. I'm gonna go with Marvel Snap, even though well, that's your pick. Well, no, I mean yes, <laughs> yes, no, I mean but, yes, and no, but also yes. <laughs> but I do think that this has like a you know, to your point, like a wide appeal, like this IP yeah. is really big. It captured a lot of it's, it's almost has like, it's not at this level, obviously. So don't come at me that I'm saying this, but like Pokemon go like captured all these people that never played Pokemon, you know, like I feel like this Marvel snap game captured a lot of people that maybe never played mobile games or never mm. even liked Marvel beyond watching the occasional, you know, Avengers movie or whatever. Um, so I'm going to give it to – I think Marvel okay. does have a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best action game – and we should say there's another category right after this, best action adventure. Right. So the five for best action are Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um. Again, here, I'm going Call of Duty. I was going to do Call of Duty for this category as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bayonetta 3 did not seem to get as much critical acclaim as the previous games. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that. Neon White and Sifu and Ninja Turtles, those are all great games. Um, But I don't think it has, like, the impact. The the cachet. Yeah, you know, cachet. so I and, and again, this was a good rebound year for Call of Duty, yeah, quality yeah, wise. So exactly. I think I think that is like by default. <laughs> it's always good to win by default. Some deser- deserving, sure, yeah. sure. So I think that's where. It, so you agree? I agree. This yeah, is interesting. My Call of Duty, yeah. Pick. Okay. Um, best uh, action adventure, yes. though. Best action adventure: A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. This is almost the like game of the year nominees right here. Pretty so much. It, yeah. Again, showing the types of games that the the uh, judges really gravitate towards. We got a lot of them. Right. There. Action adventure. Action adventure. Oh jeez. You don't know. I think it's God of War. I think it's God of War too. Yeah. I, I wanted really need to check I out a Plague to, Tale. I'm too scared of rats. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really scared. Can you play it and tell me if you think it's good? I will. Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah. I, clearly I need to if it got nominated this many times. My gosh. Exactly. I know. What a like, miss I by mean, me. Yeah. I totally missed this one. Yeah. Um, again, another great list of games, but yeah, I think God of War stands out for this. Yeah, most. it's really 
I mean, it's almost a little too obvious and I didn't want it to be, but I kind of. Sometimes kind of, that's the answer. The obvious choice is. is the answer. Yeah. Uh, all right. Best RPG. We're almost at the halfway point here. Ooh. We have Elden Ring, Live Alive, Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles 3, Triangle Strategy, and Pokemon Legends Arceus. So four, Tons of Nintendo four games. Switch games and Elden Ring. Yeah. But it's interesting. You know, Elden Ring is probably, like by traditional terms, the least RPG-ish of the bunch of, of this group. Yeah. But it was such a smash hit. It's gonna win. I feel like this is gonna win. It's like there's four really great Switch games, and then there's like the hulking, like yeah. behemoth smash hit that is Elden Ring. It's right. like, how can you stand up to that caliber of game? Like, really hard, you know? Roger's base is gonna snap a pencil because I know Roger loves He's a lot of these snap games. Snap some other things um, too. <laughs> the, I mean, these, these all could win. But again, just knowing not gonna. how big Elden Ring was, yeah, I have to go. I have to go with that as yeah. the likely winner. I think so too. Yeah, might not be our personal pick. Again, more pain for the Xenoblade fans. My gosh, they're going to be in a lot of pain all night. When are they going to catch really? a break? They're going to be in a lot of pain all night. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry to tell you right now. That's my prediction. <laughs> you will um, be in pain. Pokemon Scarlet Violet were not nominated because they announced the nominees before the game even came out. That's right. It was and, earlier than And we normal. heard that uh, the, the review code for that went out a little bit late. Mm. So I think the Game Awards might have just said, well, we're just scratching this. Yeah. Well, at least Arceus is on here. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. That's a good Pokemon That inner workings right of their nomination date can, can get a little tricky. It's hard with the holidays, yeah. You know, like right, right here in the in it the is. middle of it. So I get it. I get what they have to do. It's tough. All right, we are on to best fighting game, and the nominees are DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle R, The King of Fighters fifteen. I cannot believe we're up to fifteen on that series. Wow. Multiversus and Sifu. I gotta tell you, this is the category where I have the most blind spots. We played JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We did, and I was we did very JoJo poses. confused. We we did the JoJo poses. We did the JoJo something or another's. That poor man that tried that was to demo. great because we walked up to this demo at the uh, <laughs> summer game fest, and this guy asked, "So, what do you guys know about JoJo?" And we said, and we "Absolutely nothing. nothing." And he looked stunned for a good like three Mississippi. He did not yeah. know where to go from there. White as a sheet. Oh. <laughs> and then had to like catch us up on yeah. like decades of right. JoJo lore in like a span of two minutes, which was confusing for me. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to be the one people. Oh, um, I think it's going to be multiverse. I think it's going to be multiverse yeah. as well. Again, the broad appeal. Broad. That game had some, had, some, had some momentum for a while um, as kind of a good Smash, Smash competitor. Yeah. Smash-ish game. Um, I think that game had a lot of potential to be a train wreck. It was not. No. So I think that's where people are going to go with this. And I think some of these yeah. other games are, are, again, just a tiny bit obscure to get that critical mass of, exactly. the, of the voting that you need. Exactly. Yeah. I think I totally agree with that. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. This Nintendo's used to be our category. game of the year. Best family game. Here we go. <laughs> we have Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Lego Star Wars, the Star Walk, the Skywalker Saga. Oh my gosh, I wrote it down wrong. I was like, "What?" Splatoon three, Switch Sports, and Mario plus Rabbids: Sparks of Hope. Oh, yes, best family game. 
Um, I think it is going to be Splatoon 3. I think it's going to be Kirby. Well, we've seen that the the family game definition is extremely loose, and it's really just a catch-all for anything that doesn't fit into uh, any of these other categories. It's just five Switch games. is like five squ- right. <laughs> Switch games that they want to put into a category. That's what this category is. You know, they used to have like a best shooter category. They did away with that. And now it's just right. kind of folded into action. And Splatoon mm-hmm. actually has won that in the past. Um, so we know the judges like Splatoon. I, again, I just worry about like the, the reputation of Kirby with these, these voters. I worry about the reputation of this particular Splatoon with the voters because it's so similar to Splatoon They liked it. They're not as discerning as us. Oh, I just feel like it's like for the same reasons where when you say like, oh, you know, Horizon Forbidden West is the second game or Ragnarok is the second game. So do they give it to something? And people have said there's so many like – quote critics or whatever that have said that this Kirby game has really shown that Kirby can grow into this yeah. new category of like triple A titles. So I think that it has a real shot. Okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't, I'm going with Kirby. I would not be stunned if, if it was Kirby over Splatoon three. All right. Um, they got to like, get, rid, they got to get rid of this category. It's they got to do better than this. Sports. Come on. What is it going to be then? Where would you put a Kirby? I don't know. I'm not Jeff Keighley. It's like game of the year. But they this catch-all for just these Nintendo games that don't fit, you know, whatever genres you've got, like you gotta come up with something else. You just they can, sorry. They can just say best Nintendo game. Sure. Sure. It's fine. Um uh, next is best Sims slash strategy. I was upset that Mario and Rabbids was in family game, but thank goodness Mario and Rabbids is the first nominee here. That- it's a legit strategy yes. game, so yes, we also <laughs> it have deserves to be there. Dune, Spice Wars, Victoria Three, Two Point Campus, and Total War Warhammer Three. I think it's going to be Mario plus Rabbits. I think it is too. I have heard some good things about Two Point Campus. I haven't checked that out myself, but that game had some good buzz. The Total War games are always really solid, but yeah, I think I think Mario and Rabbits is deserving and is kind of the big name again that the it's voters the gravitate towards. I'm really throwing a lot of shade at these voters. Um, but then them's the facts. Well, I mean, they have to vote on something. Well, sure. So, but it's Mario and rabbits here. We agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This okay. game totally deserves it. And it talk about a game that grew leaps and bounds from the previous game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this, this game is legitimately a, game that deserves to be outside of the family game category, which is great that it's there. I would love to see our great friend uh, Davide up up on stage accepting a great award. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be wonderful to see. Yeah, I would love to see that as well. All right. We're on to best multiplayer, and we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Splatoon 3, Overwatch 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Hmm. I had something marked and now I'm kind of doubting myself. I think it's Call of Duty. I had also n- noted Call of Duty, but now I, I, I'm, I'm... Now you're back to multiverse. I might be talking myself into multiverses. You're talking yourself. Do you want to go that one instead? Because I think, again, people were so like pleasantly surprised by that game. Mm-hmm. Because, I th- again, I think the assumption was this is going to be trash. This is a joke. This is a cheap, 
you know, cash in on Smash Brothers, yeah. but it really held people's off. attention for a long time. It had a huge launch. I'm going to I'm going to zag. I'm going to go multiverse. You go Call <sighs> of Duty. We'll see. I'm going Call of Duty. We'll see who wins. Who wins? Yeah, I want to know. Those are those are the top 2 for sure though. Yeah. Because for like Call of Duty is as you were saying had a really good year this year and multiverses um definitely has that like like you know, wide appeal. Right. That I think these judges are looking for when they're thinking about their votes. Yeah. Um yeah. Sorry, Splatoon, Overwatch, and, and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, Overwatch, I'm kind of surprised, is even nominated. People did not really seem to love this game. They did not really like that game. And it seemed to have a lot of issues, so I, I don't right. know what was going on there. Maybe it's like it has to be there, or else it feels like a glare. No other role. options? <laughs> no, probably there's Switch other Sports? Options. Where was Switch Sports? It's not going to be favorite Switch game. Sports. Mario Strikers, where was that? Oh my god, I forgot about that So game. many options. <laughs> That should be one of our categories. Forgotten, the forgotten the most, game. Yeah, most forgotten, forgettable, most forgettable game. game. That's going to be one of our categories. <laughs> Don't That's, tip your hand. I'm not tipping anything. There's a lot in that category, people. A lot. Uh, all right, we have another indie category next. Best debut indie, and nice. the nominees are Neon White, Norco, Stray, as your cat is going wild, Tunic, wow. and Vampire Survivors. Um. So I guess this is, you know, not obviously not a series of indie games, an original right. first of its kind game. Yes. Again, I have to apply the same logic. Stray was nominated for Game of the Year. It so should it sweep. Be. It should sweep any of these indie, indie categories it's in. It should really sweep. I'm going to come for the voters if it doesn't. The cat is sweeping. <laughs> the cat's not sweeping, but the game is. Um, I, I, ha- love- I had my very hot take about Stray that I realize I, I shouldn't say it until I've actually played the game. Because oh, you haven't played this game at all, I haven't right? played this game. Uh, I need to get around to that game. If I play Maybe it and it, and it doesn't live up to bit. the hype, then I'm going to let it fly. When, when are you going to play it, though? Because I want to hear know. I want to hear the people come at know. you. I want you to say it. Say it. Fine, fine, I'll just say it. People who like cats really like telling people that they like cats. You know? Okay. And I'm not I'm not like besmirching the quality of this game or anything, but it's like, we get it. You like cats. Everybody likes cats. I don't know people who hate cats, but it's, 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 we get it. You know? What does this have to do with the game, though? It's a you're game saying, about cats. You're a cat. You're, sa- you're saying that the, the reason that the game is nominated for all of these awards is because people who like cats. It might be helping it over the top, yeah. They like cats. Yes, I need to tell the, the world how much I like cats by nominating this game for Game of the Year. Oh my lord! See, that is you made me say it before I played this game. I could be completely wrong. That people are going to come. All the cat people are going to come after me. Momo is going to come after you. Listen, I grew up with cats. I love cats. But do you tell people that you love cats? cats? I I need to change my life to make it all about (laughs) announcing how much I love cats. I, as a person that played and finished this game, okay, let me tell you about my cat. I'm just kidding. Um, I I really think this game deserves to be here in these categories because it really like took me by surprise. And I don't think you have to even like cats to like this game. The story is so good and the gameplay is so unique. So I'm a stray fan and a cat fan. Good. Unlike you. No. Now I'm going to twist your arm and make you get a takeoff about a game you never played to even this out. (laughs) What's your hot take on Vampire Survivors? I think it's terrible. No, just kidding. I actually really want to play that game. I need to play that game. game. Sounds cool. That that actually could be, again, if if Stray 
for some reason, the judges are asleep at the wheel. Vampire survivors <laughs> could win. What about Tunic? I really, really want Tunic to win something because it's so good. Well, there is this thing, you know, the recency bias. Of, yeah, the recency bias real people. You know, people prioritize the thing that is freshest in their mind. Yeah. And Tunic came out kind of early in the year. Yep. And also, in the shadow of Elden Ring, that it yeah. is not helping it, I, I worry that that game might get for, I mean, it got nominated, but I think as far as how much people remembered it, it might get a little bit forgotten, which would be sad. Yeah, I wonder if it got a little bump when it came out on Switch later in the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that game was is so amazing. It really deserves to win something. Yeah. If it wasn't up against Stray, you know? <laughs> it's like that thing where like five RPGs are up against Elden Ring. It's like, well, right, you're, right. you're not going to win, obviously. So, Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, I love this category. Best I'm adaptation. So this is a new category. I think we so both cool. love this. This is a great idea. It's, you know, best adaptation of a game into some other medium. Right. Uh, the options are Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. Don't be biased. I absolutely forgot that Uncharted, the Uncharted movie came out. Okay, it's not going to be that. So, But Marky Monk's in it. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> he had to play a different character because it took them so long to make the game. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, you you said don't be biased. I actually think the winner is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog. No joke. I think that's what's going to get it. I think the winner is going to be Arcane Le- League of Legends. I think that could be a strong option. People love. People loved that. that. They love it so much. Everyone won't stop talking talking to me about it. I'm like, okay, I get it. I will watch this. <laughs> Go away. But again, we know these voters lean Hollywood. Nothing's more Hollywood than a big blockbuster movie like Sonic. But two, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Eh. Sequels don't do well. You've seen this movie, haven't you? Yeah. No, I've seen Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Oh, you saw one. Okay. Sonic Week, people. This is time for the plug. Oh. 50,000. We're we're like within a thousand subs to doing Sonic Week. We're so. Sonic Week might be like the first week we come back in 2023 as Sonic Week. And that would be like a real good start to the year. If you are not subscribed to this YouTube channel, please do it now so that we can do Sonic Week. We want to be. We want to convert Kit into a Sonic fan. We have our Sonic advisor at the ready. Yes. Waiting, and I will. N- I will not be telling you who this person is. Kid is checking into Sonic Rehab as soon as we hit 50k. <laughs> people, he can be. It's probably either, the opposite of that. He can okay. either going willingly or going kicking and screaming. But either oh, way, no. he's going the in. Butterfly nets—they're going to take me away. They're going to take you. The, 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 put the the straight jacket on and make oh, you geez. hold your eyelids open while you watch Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yikes. Winner um, of the best adaptation game award. I think it's Arcane. Um, it could be. Like, yeah, League of Legends. Um, all right, we're down to our final three categories here. Most anticipated game. We have The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Hogwarts mm-hmm. Legacy, Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 4, and Starfield. Come on, people. There's no it's question. It's gonna here. be it's, Zelda. It's Zelda. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Come on. I mean, come on. Really, yeah. come on. Especially because yeah, the rest of these games. Hogwarts Legacy? No. Yeah. I mean, I made a Harry Potter reference earlier, but it's not going to be that. No. Final Fantasy 16 has some bad press as of late. Yeah. Um, Starfield has just disappeared. Starfield we've not heard of since (laughs) since like June. So it's been, yeah, it's not on people's mind. Talking about recency bias here. 
yeah, this is it, yeah. this is a given for Zelda. All right. Best game direction. I honestly don't exactly know what this means. I was going to ask you. But what hopefully the voters do. Elden do Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, or Immortality? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, God of War Ragnarok is my pick for this category. I am going God of War as well, but I will explain why after the next category. So let's jump into that. Oh, well, the next which is game of the year. Game of the year. The options are a Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, or Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Okay, let's say our let's say our picks on three. Let's see if we have the same one. Ready? One, two, three. Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Okay. <laughs> so I think like. I think it's close between Elden Ring and oh, God of so War. Oh, so close. I mean, but I think it's is, one of those yeah. things where the voters are going to, it's like, you see this in the Oscars. It's like one gets best picture, one gets best director. It's like we're, yeah, kind, of, yeah. we're kind of doling it out a little we're bit to like make everybody feel it, good. But it's not going to feel good because one wins game of the year oh, and one doesn't. So yeah. people, you know what they say, second place is last place. I, I do so. think it's closer than people may have thought, you know, earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, we, we. I think we all had written off. Like, can there be yeah, any? Yeah, there was game no no other option. Elden Ring this right. year for Game of the Year, and we were right. all anticipating God of War. God of War is a fantastic game, like amazing. But I just don't think it can. It's just a hair shy of unseating El, Elden Ring. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, no Bodhi category. Kind of uh, disappointing. That's too bad. You won't be disappointed when we do our game of the year stuff. That's right. I'll our tell game of the year is going to be fun. We're going to have <laughs> most forgettable game, Bodhi. Yeah. <laughs> Many other That's right. ridiculous categories will be part of our game of the year All right. <laughs> podcast. Now we each have three predictions yes, for reveals. big news, big announcements. Yes. This is what people come to the game awards for. Um, so exciting. Please go first. World premiere. World premiere. Elden Ring DLC. Oh, I had that too. What a great night to announce that. Yeah. I'm going to carry my dozen TGA trophies, my game of the year trophy. I'm going to drop a DLC. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to yeah. play it. Especially since they had, you know, before Elden Ring came out, they seemed very closely associated with Jeff and they had that big exactly. thing at Summer Game Fest. So I think mm-hmm. they just want to hitch their wagon to Jeff with all this stuff. And they should. They should. Yeah. This is perfect timing for them. The, the game came out, you know, pretty early this year. They need a, a resurgence for people to get like back into the Elden Ring universe. What better time to do it than when you're going to sweep basically the game awards yeah. with your game. So um, mine is, this is actually not a Nintendo thing, I, and, but this is, this is a lock for me. I think a new Mortal Kombat will be announced. Oh, it's been I a while. I that on my radar. It's been a all. while since, so Mortal Kombat 11 was announced at the game awards 2018 with a great trailer and came out in May, 2019. That's right. Those games had been on kind of a schedule and it's been a while. I, I feel really confident that we're going to get this. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. I really have not thought about Mortal Kombat for so long. It's been a while. I, exactly. Yeah. So you think they're going to announce a new I feel really good about franchise. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. That would be great if they did. Mm-hmm. Um, my other one is a Nintendo thing, and I think it's going to be new footage of Tears of the Kingdom. 
So I have I have an either or for a big Nintendo reveal. Okay. I think it, it could be that. Or right. mm. there are still people who are staking their claim on this Metroid Prime remastered coming out before the end of the year. Oh. So well, there could be a situation. Wearing? We got to decipher be, that. Yes. <laughs> there could be a situation where there's a Metroid Prime remastered shadow drop and some little tease for Metroid Prime 4 where it's like coming 2023 or new info coming soon, something like that, because we've we've always hammered this point of like, this game does not exist on its own. It exists to promote Metroid Prime 4. Right, that's exactly right. It's like a marketing vehicle for and we Metroid know Prime 4. There's probably going to be a direct in January, so it could be, if, if this is the big game for 2023 Metroid Prime that we need to get out there after you know going dark for all these years, this is the way to get it into that. Why not save that for January, though? And go with um, Tears of the Kingdom that they already showed a little bit of during the last direct. That's why. That's why I think it's either or. Um, you know, Zelda has always been associated with the Game Awards. Exactly. Um, but again, I don't know. Nintendo might think like, yeah, we did. We did that with the last game. We're going to go a different way this. You know, this time mm-hmm. again, the quote core gamer is what Nintendo wants to reach. Um, and I think maybe Metroid has more of a potential audience, um, you know, outside of the standard Nintendo fan based on what they're doing with it. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an either or. Yeah. So I had, I had my only, both. My only hesitation and question mark around Metroid, which I think all your points about like reaching the quote unquote like core gamer is totally valid and something Nintendo would definitely do, is that I kind of feel like Nintendo wants the first announcement for Metroid to be their own announcement vehicle. Like they're weird about the game awards because it's not like their thing. It's like they're inserting themselves into someone else's Jeff's like production, his show or whatever. So there's always been this like weird pride thing with Nintendo. And we see it every single time we plan game awards stuff. Again, it goes back to my point at the beginning. How desperate are they feeling? How desperate are they feeling? That's true. The desperation will overshadow the pride. Right. That's so, what this is the test of. Yeah. So we will see. Um, I have one more. Okay. I think we're getting a, a clip of the Mario movie oh. with, with an appearance by Jack Black. Um, oh, they do like Jack Black has been associated back to the days of the, the Spike VGAs. Jack been Black associated. has been closely associated with that. We've seen Universal has been pretty, you know, eager to, you know, reach Nintendo fans and slowly work their way out to more of a mainstream audience. This might be like the end of their reach gamers campaign. Um, (laughs) But I think there'd be some sort of like a Bowser focused clip with Jack Black kind of teeing it up. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen a lot of movie crossovers in in the game awards in the past. That's true. Yeah. So it wouldn't feel out of place. I think it would be, I mean, it's a huge audience. It's a great place yeah, for it. A, so it makes a, really a lot of good sense. Place for it. Yeah. And I, I can, that's such a logical thing for um, the movie promotion to have is, is that inclusion. Cause it totally feels sort of like a Hollywood night you right. know, with like awards and stuff. So yeah, I think, um, I think that's a really good, that's a smart prediction for sure. I did not think about that, but. Oh, it was so logical. You didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with it. I I have two really dumb ones that I want to share though. Okay. One is I think the Schick robot will make a triumphant return. 
Gotta do it. Gotta do Gotta it. Do we it. want the Schick robot. Bring him back. People love that thing. The Schick robot can go along with the Stray nominations. Okay. The robot's there too. Okay. Um, my second one is also funny. It's it's that I think someone's going to drop the F-bomb. <laughs> oh, it's, is that guy going to be there again? Uh, the Joseph It Takes Harris? Two guy? Is he going to be there? I hope so. Is he going to drop the F-bomb? I, if I sure he is, he's so. going to do it. <laughs> Am I going to drop the F-bomb? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, just kidding. I know you're already nervous now. No, you're I'm like, nervous. Oh, no. <laughs> you're nervous. Um, those are jokey, jokey predictions. But it's always, you know what, beyond big game reveals and all that stuff, there is always like this some some cringe moments and yeah. some like unscripted, like re- weird moments that happen um, at the Game Awards that I always look forward to. I think it's fun. So... Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a big night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Are those uh, all your predictions? I've, I've got nothing else. I got them all out. Yeah. Wow. All right. Lock it in. Lock it into the box. Put this time capsule of an episode here. And then we will look back to see. We'll unearth it a, in a few weeks. That's right. Yeah. To see how we did. All right. Why don't we move on? All right, up next, we have a very fun poll, which we put to our wonderful Patreon subscribers um, around the Pokemon starter they they chose for Scarlet and Violet. Yes, we're going to start doing these more often. We're going to start polling our community to get them more involved in these episodes. Um, So another fun little perk if you join us on Patreon. Yeah, so obviously we both chose uh, Fue Coco, which is objectively mm-hmm. the correct choice. It's fascinating, though. I've seen a lot of these polls, and they are all so close. Yeah, and this one is no different. We yes. did one when we were playing live the first hour, and it was also like exactly 33, 33, 33% yeah, of like this, all the categories. This seems to be the closest. They really nailed like the appeal of all three. Mm-hmm. But for our poll, so the results were Sprigatito won – by the skin of its little sprigatito teeth at little 35%. <laughs> and then Quaxley and Fuecoco were tied at 33. That's yeah. amazing. That is seriously crazy that that is that close. Usually there is a starter that yeah. everyone prefers, but this one is, is clearly hard to hard to lose. We got some good comments. Uh, mm-hmm. Jujifruit says, I'm a water type fan generally. My factors in choosing a starter are, is it water? And is it cute or cool? Sometimes considering evolution, sometimes not. Quaxley is both. However, I am powerless against Grass Kitty, Sprigatito Gang right up. Rise up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Grass Kitty. Yes. The Mint Kitty, as people like to call oh, it. Oh, Yes. Uh, yeah. Tefu said, I'd love to choose Fue Coco, but my significant other has called dibs on it. So I've decided oh. to go with Sprigatito as I am not the biggest cat fan, but I want to feel optimistic about this one. That's oh. that's an interesting case where if you're playing alongside somebody else, it's like, I'm picking this. You got to yeah. go another way. You got to go another way. Right. Or if you can't pick the same game, like I'm playing Scarlet and you're right. playing Violet. Right. Uh, um. Zroid says, Sprigatito. Cutest, starter, best type, coolest, final evolutionary form. Yes, I looked at the leaks. Sumi ninjas. Oh, no. The nin- you need the to ninjas. know what you're getting into, okay? I, I have, I have no them. issue with this. My my Fui Coco has evolved. And it looks real dumb. <laughs> it looks a little dopey. Even dopier than before, which I don't hate. I don't hate. Yeah. Um, how fun. We're going to do more of these. Yes. Um, well, that's a great transition into what we're playing. And the first thing here is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So a little, yeah. little warm-up for you there. Uh, exactly. So we have both been playing this. 
all weekend long and up till now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, from what from our conversations, it seems like I'm liking it a little bit more than you. You definitely are, and I th- I venture to say now that you might be a bigger Pokemon fan than I am, just in general. Like, I think I, you're, always... I think you're just too you're too mature now. You're just an adult. I've aged you're just another, out. You're just Pokemon? another boring. You're just another boring adult. Oh no! Can't recapture the the excitement <laughs> the of madness? your youth. I know. I really want to. So this is what we were talking about earlier this week with each other, which is I am having a hard time, and there there's something that I I can't quite put my finger on like exactly why this is happening but i'm just having a bit of a hard time like feeling the magic of pokemon with this one and getting into it i don't know why this is a bigger issue than just pokemon i think maybe it is maybe it is maybe it's just me i don't want to like have my personal like shortcomings be the reason why i'm not like loving this game like i thought i would so we both played Arceus. Well, well, well hold we on for us. Let's so hold that thought for a second. I, I, you know, the Pokemon fan base does seem to be just one of the most miserable fan bases in gaming. And oh. I wonder how much of it has to do with that, that it probably played a really pivotal part of these people's childhoods. Yeah. And it's like, what? What what all is contributing to this anger around these games? Not yeah. being able to recapture that magic. That's it's true. more. It's more than just a game. It's like an emotional. It's like I get like, it. You have this emotional, but we need to expectation. We need to dig away at this to get at the root of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not angry, and I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I'm not angry, and I don't hate the game. I actually, I, I like it. Fine. Right. I, when I was, when what I was, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, I was trying to think back to what was the last Pokemon game that I had the magical feeling, and it was Sun and Moon. So I wasn't a child at that time. <laughs> I was an adult. Um, and I was trying to think about, like, what was it about Sun and Moon that just totally gave me the magical Pokemon feeling, you know? And I I mean, definitely I love the region. I, I liked the look of it. The, you know, I, I liked all of those sort of – sort of the packaging around that game. Um and then I was also thinking about how I really liked Arceus. And I, I would yeah. say that I like Arceus far more than mm. this game that I'm playing right now. And I was also thinking, like, why was that? You know, like, cause I think the exploration was so well done. That was, like, sort of the core of the game. Um, the the look was really interesting with this, like, sort of, you know, old style, like the medieval Japan or whatever, like um, olden day Japan or whatever. Something about this game that the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it's feeling very like generic to me for some reason. I'm not sure why the landscape, it looks nice. Um, but it certainly isn't like super unique or anything like that. They do let you, it's open world. They do let you do whatever you want. You can pick, you know, anything in within those three paths or just wander around and explore. So that part's great. I have played to at this point now one thing of each of the paths. So I've experienced all three of those paths right now. And while they are different, they also feel very similar to me. It's just like the same formula. I don't know. I Um, wonder if we all may just need a collective break from Pokemon for a little bit from Pokemon games, because in the past 12 months, they put out three games and we didn't play all three, but we played two 
And that's a lot of Pokemon. These are big games. I go back to like my feelings on Monster Hunter or Animal Crossing as a game like this. It's like, I'll enjoy it a lot when I'm playing it. But when I'm done, I need a break. And playing these games annually maybe is not the best experience. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's maybe why... I, like there have been generations that I've just skipped. It's like, eh, this is not looking. Well, I skipped the last one, and I. Oh, still... you played? Yeah, you did skip Sword and Shield. But I still don't really love this one. But I wonder if maybe. I, I don't think the Longer annual break. schedule is helping. Well, certainly isn't helping it, them from a graphic. Especially for the really like hardcore fans who seem the most upset because they probably you know were playing have just been playing Pokemon nonstop up till now, and it's just like, we you need a break, and you might not realize it. You well, know? do you like it? I do like it. I like it more than I thought I would. I still like Arceus better um, so far, but this is this is good. Um, I, I mean, you had questions about is it properly open world? It, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, you can go do whatever you want. Um, the three things you can do. We had questions of how different those would feel. Now I understand they they are fairly differentiated. Yeah. Um, I still maintain that the battling of Pokemon is the thing I like the least. And one of my real criticisms of this game is it is very slow. Like you might do a move that that like triggers a couple status effects and it's like, Oh my God. Let's just spit it out. People. It's like, this happened. Wait, wait, wait. This happened. Wait, wait, wait. This other thing happened. And I'm just jamming on the button the whole time. I know. It's like your defense fell. Your attack rose. I get it. Your defense (laughs) fell again. It's fine. Your attack rose again. And then your speed fell. And then that person's speed fell. And then your speed fell again. It's like we don't need we don't need this. Like that's actually a a much bigger issue for me than any of these graphical things people are pointing out. It's like numbing. The playability of of that. I think I'm 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 kind of avoiding a lot of battles unless it's like, well, I need to, you know, do this to catch a new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like having to really grind in this game would be kind of miserable. Yeah. Yeah. That part I'm not loving either. The Well, we got to address the graphic stuff. Sure. because It's a huge like elephant in the room kind of thing. Like I think we both agree that because the graphics, the performance issues are very much limited or like kind of concentrated on graphics and not actual gameplay like it's not as sort of like deal breakery as you know as it could have been but it's not good like no, it, it's embarrassing like, it is and like i do care about the environment around a pokemon game i think this is that's why i really loved arceus and that's why i really loved sun and moon because that environment that world that they're building for you is so unique and so cool and it feels so fun to adventure in that world so that when when there are these sort of performance issues and graphical issues like it takes you out of that moment you know and it 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 kind of it does kind of bother me a little bit and i've i've had you know i think everyone has had their fair share of thing weird things that have happened to them but yeah i mean it's not like one every like day it's like it's a constant yeah so it, it i mean it yeah, it's pretty it's pretty like yeah. significant, you know? I mean, pretty much anybody who could be blamed has been blamed. Blame Nintendo, blame Game Freak, blame, blame the Pokemon company. Yeah. Um I mean, it's probably it, it's hard to know what who, what the actual root cause is. I do think I do think they care. I do think they want to do better. I do think they will take steps 
to prevent this from happening in the future, but I don't think it's going to be like an immediate thing because we know like the schedules they plan out for these, it's not just the games, it's everything Pokemon. It kind of revolves around the games. It's planned out for years. And there's once they plan it, it's hard to get out of that schedule. Yeah, it really is. So I feel like they're probably playing catch up on issues that they realized they had a couple generations ago. Yeah. So it's really hard. I, I think they're in a, in a tough spot. I think that the smart thing would be, though, to would be break. to say, let's, we need, let's take a break or let's slow down a little bit. I, st- I don't know why they needed to re- release three games last year. They could have done those remakes. Like, we could have done without those. And we were talking a lot about this in the bonus Q&A as well. Yeah. Um, and we kind of dug into this issue a little bit more. But, like, just a quick summary. It, th- there is, like, this bigger universe of Pokemon that revolves around the game. The game, the game does not exist on its own. Like, it's tied to, like, merch and celebrity deals and brand stuff. The cards and the movies and, and every other piece of merchandise. Exactly. It's all con- interconnected into like this really complex Pokemon universe now. And so if one thing falls away, like it, the whole thing falls apart, you know? So I think that's why they had to make these concessions with the quality of the performance of this game because they, they cannot let this cog like fall apart out of this this whole like network of things that's happening, which is kind of sucky actually, because some of those things I don't care about. Like I want a game that looks great and works, you know, like I don't care about Ed Sheeran singing the song or like (laughs) whatever, you know, like the, the movie or the cards, like it, it feels like you're like sacrificing something for like the good of something else, but maybe that something else isn't worth it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a lot of other things we've seen It's like, they've grown very quickly over Mm -hmm. the past, you know, five to 10 years. They probably grew a little too quickly and now they need to reckon with that and they need to fix some of the problems they created. Right. It's definitely a problem that they've like, it's a, it's a problem of their own making though. They they have the power to, to pull back and slow down. Right. I don't I think, think it would cause any anything bad to happen, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, they might make less money, which is a problem to <laughs> somebody. It's bad for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't care. Um, I think, you know, people blaming Nintendo, I don't really know what Nintendo... They can't really do anything. I mean, they are publishing the game, but Pokemon Company is independent enough that they can just say, like, no. Yeah. It's, it's and, done. And absolutely, Nintendo... I would, in my opinion, has very little power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at, out of all of the other things that Nintendo, Nintendo does have power and control over, Pokemon Company is something that they do not. Right. Even though they right. are the publisher and there is like the shadowy business deal that they've done, like they did like, you know, 50 years ago, whatever it was. Um, like it, there is the sense that, you know, Nintendo needs Pokemon. Nintendo needs yeah. Pokemon to be exclusive to Nintendo. And Pokemon kind of holds all the cards. And so they're going to do what they want. And Nintendo really can't do much to stop them. Going going back to the money point, it does make it harder for them to say this is a problem. Because, I, you know, as we've recorded this, it, ha- it hasn't happened. I am waiting for the press release to drop saying that this game sold some record number. Yeah. And smashed some record. So it's not like, you know, 
you know, there's all this upheaval at Disney. It's like Disney had a real problem. Their stank with their 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 stank. <laughs> their <laughs> stock tank. was tanking. And <laughs> Pokemon is, you know, from a purely financial standpoint, doing great. But yeah. there are these issues that are becoming more and more apparent. And, you know, that is the sign of a of a good leader of I'm seeing this before it becomes a catastrophe. And yeah. I'm gonna address it now. So we shall see. Because it could be like a house of cards situation. You the know, thing that is where... good, though, is, is remember, um, Mr. Masuda is now in a very pivotal role of kind of managing all of this stuff. Yeah. And he has the game development background to understand what is happening, how it gets fixed, how long it takes to fix, and hopefully can exactly. reshuffle the deck. And guide the people in the right direction. Right. I have complete faith in him to do that. I just hope that it's a priority and that, um, that that's something that... The company, you know, they address like now because I think they have a lot of goodwill from no matter how angry the fans are, they're going to buy the games. They're, they want to play the games. Yeah. But at some point, that goodwill will run out if you continue to have these issues that really, yeah, it's it's embarrassing. And it's not a game that you expect to pay $60 for in like 2022. Like that's not the quality that people expect, you know? So. So anyways, I'm going to keep playing Pokemon and hopefully we haven't we, tried co-op yet. We've got to do that. The magic will be sparked when we play co-op. There Is we that go. What you're saying? I think we got so. A, we got a yes. Nuzlocke. We got a co-op. <laughs> and we need to run from the police apparently after we Nuzlocke because it's illegal. The ninjas. And yeah. The, the, the ninjas are going to come after me for the, the Pokemon the police evolution and the nuzlocking and the co-oping. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a real oh danger zone with Pokemon soon. <laughs> well, hopefully next week when we talk about this, we, you know, who knows? I, I, I hope we can get to a place where we can talk about the game more than these issues, because it's like, I I've, I'm kind of tired of, of it at this point. It's like, yeah, I get it. This game's janky. Um, but there, but there is a lot to like about the game, which um, I agree. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can we can get into more of that. There's no sparkle, but it's not bad. Yeah, is my yeah. current review of Pokemon. Scarlet. Okay, uh, God of War. <laughs> Let me tell you about uh, a game with sparkle, people. I was uh, traveling the last couple of days, so you have catapulted past me, oh my God, God and God. I'm I'm going to say I think we might need to throw up like a, a five to ten minute spoiler watch here for some light spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, people. Uh, I not can't huge, talk about this game. not huge spoilers, um, but just some fundamentals spoil, about spoil. this game. Yeah. I won't story spoil anything. If you if you yeah. want nothing, skip ahead like ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. Because I want to talk about this game badly. Okay. Talk about going from janky Pokemon to God of War, though. That's a real leap for the eyes. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, oh, this is the power of a PS5. You know, it really <laughs> is significant. But I get it. It's not like it's a different, whole different. Comparing apples and oranges, as they say, but it's still amazing. Um, so, but beyond the the beauty of the game, which continues to just, I'm just wa- like looking around all the time in awe because the just the different you know realms that you're visiting in this game, they're all so unique. That, that was one thing. Again, we were talking about this. Like, we were both a little worried that it was just going to be like snow, thimble, winter, yeah. or whatever for like the whole entire game, just like trudging around in the snow. But that's absolutely not the case. You are going to all these different realms. You're meeting all of these different characters from Norse mythology. Um, and I just, I, every time we go to a new place, I'm, I just stand there like, wow, this is incredible i just went to a place that i have been dying to see um 
recently, I won't spoil it because this is a pretty big moment in the game, but I was just like, this is so cool. Like the way that they depicted this was just completely like just incredible, really incredible. So I'm loving that. Um, One thing that has been a surprise for me, and this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, is how much you play as Artreus. Yeah. Um, I really did not see that coming. Like I thought for sure it was going to be the same as the first game where you're mainly playing as Kratos and Artreus is like, like your little buddy and he like helps, you know, some of the puzzles and sort of just follows Kratos around. Um, but no, there are huge segments of the game. I would say this game is like 50% right. <laughs> playing as Artreus and 50% playing as Kratos. I was like, wait a second. This is so different. I didn't expect it yeah. at all. That was the main spoilerish thing I wanted to talk about because yeah. that was a surprise for me as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like the Atreus segments as much as the Kratos segments, unfortunately. Yeah. Um They seem to be like I had just finished one that was a really long story dump that felt it was it was lightly interactive, I would call it Mm. Um, when it's like walking around and doing little menial tasks while you hear some dialogue. Yeah, right. Kind of felt like I lost a bit of the momentum of this, you know, great action game. And that's kind of like something I'm trying to figure out is like. You know, the the original God of War games were just this f- these flat-out action games. And 2018 God of War was still a lot of action, but, you know, a bigger, grander story. It feels like it's, it's veering a little bit more away from action and more towards the story being the focus. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm spending more time getting story than I am playing the game of kind of, you know, what I expect from the game of these big, you know, action exploration yeah. sequences. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as far as you are, but that's something I still have not completely got my finger on is like, mm-hmm. what is the balance of this game and, and what am I doing the most? Yeah. Yeah. There is quite a lot happening. There is the action part of it. There is now sort of this exploration part of it with, with the amount of side quests that you can do and, getting to know different the different realms that you're in. There is a lot of puzzle elements now in this game. There are two characters that you're playing as, so there is a lot of sort of differentiating story paths that you have to contend with. I will say, now that I'm further than that part that you're talking about, that part I agree with you. It was, it was a little bit slow. I didn't really, I don't really love playing as Artreus either. I I much prefer playing as Kratos. Um, But I I know, understand the significance of that portion of the game because it is a huge, like, story part that you need to understand for, like, the story to work and for you to become, like, very emotionally invested in these characters. So I get that. Um, That definitely could have done that a little faster. (laughs) But I get why that exists in the game. I will say that now that I'm sort of past that part, it has felt a little bit more balanced. Like there is, we're back to the action. We're back to the, well, that's good. A good balance between like action puzzles and story. Um, The other thing about this game that I think you can argue is equal parts. Great, but also like a little bit tricky to keep track of is just the sheer amount of characters that you're meeting. Like not Mm. only are you meeting, you know, some of the characters from the previous game, but they have much bigger roles in this game. And there's a lot more like interaction that you have with all these characters. So I'm like, wait, who are you again? 
I remember you from the last game, but then I'm like not sure exactly how you're. I've been binging YouTube videos on Norse mythology and rereading all the books because I'm like, <laughs> wait, I need to understand like how you're related in this family tree. Like I need the, I need like a chart or something um, because they they really do introduce like a ton more. And, you know, you're like deeper relationships to these characters, like feels important to understand like how they're related to this like world, you know? So um, I was surprised by that and I'm still trying to like wrap my head around all of it as well, but I kind of, I kind of love it cause I love the mythology part of it. So I'm, I'm interested in that, but I guess if you are here for like the action and stuff, like you might be like a little put off that you're just constantly getting hit with all these like characters and dialogue and all that. Well, I don't, I don't dislike the story. It's just, I, they, I know they do the action so well. I would be a tiny bit disappointed if that was not there as much as I would want it to be. For a yeah. God of War game, okay. I am I am feeling a lot of FOMO. You know, of you um, skipping ahead of me now, and I do think I'm going to take a small break from Pokemon to to catch up and you know hopefully power through this game. Yeah, um, I just did something yesterday that really was very much focused on the action part of the game and like that, and that again was something that was really surprising to me. I did not expect this to happen, and it really just added this new layer of gameplay and I was like oh my gosh I I didn't I never thought that this would be a thing that would happen to me like sort of in the middle of this game and that's so cool that I'm still getting surprised um on like all fronts (laughs) like story front is surprising still and the characters that you're meeting and then you still get surprised on like the gameplay front as well so I think that's really well I think it's really well done how they are able to like really capture you know all those different sort of pillars of this game and, and still keep like, keep you on your toes. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you to start playing. Cause I want to talk to you about it, but you, I don't want to spoil you either. So I'm like trying to dance around a lot of this stuff. <sighs> I'm like, so, and then um, a surprising character joins. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to tell you who, but I really want to tell you who. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I wonder how far along I am because I've done, maybe like two or three of the side quests, but I've been pretty focused on the main quest. And it feels like I might be like getting close, but I don't want to finish it. So I hope I'm not. I've been like really playing a lot though. Okay. We'll see. Uh, I think we can wrap up our little spoiler watch there. Yes. Um, no there are spoilers. some games I'd wanted to check out on Game Pass, but I again, these these games are so big, I didn't have time. Pentiment. Yes. Uh, I am going to try that soon. And then Vampire Survivors out on Game Pass. I want yeah. to see what the fuss is about with that. Uh, just not right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely want to do the same. I've been hearing like really great things about Pentiment, and and I really want. Um, that was a game that like super caught my attention during the Xbox showcase. So. Yes, yeah. I want to check that out as well. I think we'll have time this break to do that. I think so. so. Yeah. All right. We are on to the news. It's a fairly light uh, news week. This first story, though, is a, is a strange one. Oh, my gosh. This um, one is so weird. So Yuji Naka was arrested for insider trading. Um, some could argue this was the least of his crimes uh, against humanity. Um, he's the co-creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, if you didn't know. (laughs) Um, so there's kind of this big scandal that's happening around this new studio that was working on a Dragon Quest game 
and there were a couple employees who did insider trading, which is you know purchasing stock um, using in, quote insider knowledge to get right. a jump on it. Yeah. And Yuji Naka was one of them. It said that he only purchased about twenty thousand dollars worth, but there's another guy who purchased almost two hundred thousand dollars U.S. Um, so it seems to be a real issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a crazy story. Um, I do have like a Nintendo equivalent equivalent story you do? of this. Not for me personally. <laughs> but okay, so to be What kind of bombshell is this? Bam! Who got arrested for insider trading? Oh my no. gosh. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, nobody got arrested for insider trading. But there, Nintendo of America... We actually don't get any, we didn't get any stock options right. because the Nintendo stock is only traded in Japan. So like the stock prices did not affect, you know, from a, from a monetary perspective, right. did not affect our paychecks when we were working at Nintendo. But there was this big warning, like blanket warning about insider trading because you're not allowed as an employee of Nintendo to purchase Nintendo of Japan stock. And then use your knowledge like, oh, we're going to announce a new Zelda game this year. And let me just buy more. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. That is insider trading. And that is what happened with these people. But there yeah. was like a big warning. And there was, unnamed, I'm not going to name any names, but there was somebody that accidentally did not understand what insider trading accidentally. was. And I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt. Um, and did purchase stock and then had to like dump it because it was just like legitimate insider like. It wasn't to the level of these people, obviously, but like you can't do that. Not even like a little bit. Like you, can't, you're not allowed to do that. It's illegal. So, yeah. you know, I, I do joke about you know Yuji Naka and Sonic. I do feel kind of bad for this guy because he yeah. feels like he's just somebody who's in kind of a spiral right now. Mm. And it is sad to see. You know, he was you know this great revered game developer, and you know he had that turd of a game, Balan. Wonderland that oh he did God, with Square Enix. Horrible. And then there was that huge dispute that he had with, with Square of like why it was bad. And oh there was God, so much right. finger pointing and now there's this. It's like, this he is, this like is sad spiral. stuff. Yeah. This is sad. Yeah. Hopefully he can get his life together. Yeah. It, it is like, <laughs> is this like a cry? Is he tweeting the laughing crying emoji? Like what's happening? You know, like do you know. need... To talk to somebody. Maybe that can be part of Sonic Week. What, Let's work through Yuji Naka's issues. We we'll have him, him ha- up. He can be a special guest. We can, like, we can like therapy session. can help Yuji him get Naka. his life back in order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the pieces, buddy. Oh, tough love. Yeah. Tough love. Yeah, it is really sad. It's it's always, again, just like, just embarrassing and like awful to see right. these kinds of like stories pop up around the game industry. It's like, oh. It's just, it just feels dirty, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel good. Uh, Two other quick stories about some upcoming updates for Nintendo games. The Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 3 is coming December 7th. I'm going to list off the tracks. Oh, is that the one you're most excited about? Maple Treeway, that's the one. We Maple Treeway. Oh, yeah. Really? Love that one. I am not ashamed to say that I'm very intrigued by these Mario Kart Tour courses. Yes, I do like those as well. And there's three. So you have London Loop, Berlin Byways, mm-hmm. and Merry Mountain. What? I cannot That's wait a for Christmas Merry Mountain. One, yes. Or like a fun, like holiday themed one for, right. um, for 
For sure, right? Yeah. And then, of course, 3DS Rainbow Road. Any Rainbow Road is good. Um, mm-hmm. So give me. So th- this is looking like a pretty, pretty yeah. stacked. Yeah. GBA Blue Lake, 3DS Rock Rock Mountain, um, DS Peach Gardens, and 3DS Rainbow Road. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be really cool. I think um, we've already gotten requests to play Mario Kart um, for the December virtual meetup. So of course, we will, of course, um, do that. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, our last story, I know you're excited. Oh, yeah. Switch Sports Golf Update launches on uh, November 28th. Counting the minutes. Very soon. Counting the minutes. The countdown is on. Yeah. Counting the minutes. Um, I legitimately have played, not played this game for like a million years now, I feels like. Like, I feel like my life has changed since I last played this game. I don't know. Um, I'll try this. Sure. You will, you will not, I take it. No, I have it. I might as well. It's free, right? Get get, get a plastic uh, golf club and strap it on your uh, your uh, Joy-Con, you need right? You buy me a plastic I almost said, I almost said Wiimote. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Just a force of habit there. 2008. <laughs> um, yeah, I have not touched Switch Sports since it first launched. Um. Can't say that I had this on my radar at all, but yeah, no, I'll try it. I mean, I have I really, the game, might as well. I really wonder if there's going to be more updates because, you know, this it keeps popping up in those um, financials. Like the game is yeah. selling really well. Yeah. It's obviously not like Wii Sports level, but sure. it's but it's, it's good and it, and it might benefit from, you know, one or two more things. They should just have them closer together. I know. Too far it, apart. Meanwhile, what happened to those, uh, again, what happened to those Mario Strikers updates? Those really fell off. <laughs> we got the first one. That was it, right? There was no, we got no Daisy. more. We got Daisy and that's it. And what no else? No more afterwards. Oh, oh no. Gosh. That Come one on. I am still mad about. $60. Ugh. Oh, boy. It's not fun. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so that was all the news for uh, this week. And we can move on to questions from our Patreon community. Each and every question we answer comes from our Patreon subscribers. We also do a weekly bonus Q&A with questions that, and answers that are exclusive to Patreon. And uh, I have a teaser Ooh, of a question geez. that we have answered in a recent bonus Q&A that you can only hear there. Uh, the question is from our subscriber, Daichi. Were people at Nintendo worried about the Steam Deck? It was uh, released shortly after the Switch OLED's reveal trailer. Most of the reaction was praising the Steam Deck and dunking on the Switch OLED. So if you want to know what was happening inside Nintendo when the Steam Deck was announced, uh, sign up, patreon.com slash kittenkrista. Mm-hmm. Get your hands on that bonus Q&A and find out for yourself. Exactly. The yeah. Spicy questions are there. And you can listen to all the old ones, too. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, but on to our questions for this week. Our first is from Cerulean Mayhem. Hey. Mayhem. Not- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. These subscribers are out to get us. They're out to get you. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting my goat. Um, hey, not so mysterious trainers, Kit and Krista. What Nintendo Minute video are you the most proud of, but that did the worst view count wise on YouTube? For example, I really loved making this video, but it only got 12,000 views. Conversely, what Nintendo Minute video are you the least proud of, but it did the best view count wise on YouTube? Uh, For example, really, I am not feeling this video, but somehow it got a million views. 
I love this question. This is a great question. I have one um, that stands out so much in my brain. I feel like we might have the same answers. Really? I really think we will. I'm so excited to hear your answers. Okay. So the worst view count, but in my opinion, was a great video, was the video that we did for Sushi Strikers. Oh, that is not the one I chose. Okay. That was a good one. And that, to be fair, that game just wasn't popular, really. the game. it's the game's fault, not us. Our beautiful sushi is not to blame. We made a Nintendo Minute roll, and it was so delicious and so much fun. It was, again, I love these cooking videos that we um, we did, and we, we still do. Um, but that one really tanked, and it was a huge production to do. So um, it is a little bit sad whenever it, something like that happens because it's like an out of the ordinary video that we were doing. So we did prep a lot for it and our production team worked really hard on it. And then it does like, you know, really poor views and you're like, oh, that's, that sucks. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one didn't do well, but I understood why because that game yeah. was really under the radar. Exactly. Um, my pick is um, we did an incredible series uh, a Hades character bracket oh, I loved with it. Greg Kasavin from Supergiant Games, the creative director, yeah. that we planned for that to be a single video, but we went so long. We made it like, it was like a four or five part. It was a four part series. It was yeah. massive. And the they all was so fun. They all did terrible. They all tanked. They all it tanked. was really sad. You guys I, should watch that video though. <laughs> it was so great getting his insight and whittling down those characters and there was a really unexpected like winner i remember yeah Um, there really was i think you know we did that i think those came out like just a tiny bit too late i think so that was always something that that was tricky was like what is the perfect time for this video to come out and greg was so busy we could only get him at a certain time so we had to wait a teeny bit longer Mm -hmm. than would have been ideal um but those those are excellent, excellent videos. Yeah, you just you got you got to watch them just to hear Greg talk about the characters and the game because he's just a wealth of knowledge. And I was like fascinated listening yeah. to him talk. And I think the three of us got along really well too. I know there was like a good Greg. vibe. And we also had another video with Darren Korb, which is the music director. That one on is that also excellent, excellent. Excellent. Video. I think that one might have done a little bit better, but yeah. also not game buster. So anyways, if you are into Hades, which you should be, because it's a great game. We did multiple videos with the, with the, um, with the team there. And it was, it was awesome. What is your answer for the second part of the question? Um, we did an unboxing for super Mario 3d all-stars, which oh. did get over a million views. Oh, wow. Um, that is like a extremely bare bones game package. It's like we yeah. were really stretching like what a video could be here. <laughs> it was like, here's the front, here's the back. And we opened it up and we're done. <laughs> Thanks, bye. So it's, I, like, I didn't think it was a bad video, but it was like a little flimsy, you know, in terms of what was actually in it. Yeah, it's really hard for me to answer this question because I really did love every single video. That you have made, to. And I also love every single video that we make now. Um, I will say that this... I don't, I didn't hate this video at all, but I was just like, how can this still be getting a million views? Which, which were the Mario Maker videos. Like we just kept doing them for like ever, you know? Yeah. I was like, wow. Like those were, those were works of genius. Episode. How dare you? You know, nine of like I'm upset favorite Mario Kart levels. Like it's just, it felt like I was cheating almost. Cause it's like, I'm not really trying that hard to like come up with a new video idea. We were just like, 
playing your levels again and then be like a million views. <laughs> so I, I felt like, a, a, you know, sort of like gaming it a little bit or something. But Wow, um, we didn't have the same answer at all. Oh, we oh well. <laughs> Good question, though. <laughs> uh, Kai X is next. Hi, Krista and Kit. Oh. In the couple of years preceding the Switch, a coworker would regularly proclaim that if Nintendo didn't hit a home run with their next system, that the company would be in very serious trouble or in danger of going out of business as we know it. Was this ever a legitimate concern within the company itself? This coworker of yours does not sound like a bundle of fun walking down the aisle making proclamations. <laughs> I do proclaim. <laughs> it's going to go down in flames, everyone. <laughs> um, sounds dire. There certainly was a lot of pressure, um, you know, in those Wii U years. Again, this is why we have complicated feelings about that system because we were in in it in the in the in the soup, as they say. Um, I'm not sure it was as dire as like if Switch does not succeed, this company is like shutting its doors level. But definitely it's like this is very important. We like need to make this work Um, and everyone needs to like focus on, you know, this priority that is this next console coming out. Yeah, there was some worry. You know, the, the, one of the things people would always say is like, we've got so much money in the bank. Like, we're, we got a great, yeah. strong financial position. But you could see like that money starting to dwindle, dwindle. as time yeah. went on. It's like, oh, this was one of our great strengths. And now we're kind of losing this. That's worrisome. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do wonder, you know, when, when you're in a prolonged period of weakness, like the the potential of an acquisition goes up where it's like, I don't know. We we can't cut it anymore by ourselves. Like we might need to sell to somebody else. And right. obviously the price of the company goes down because your shares, um, your stock is in the tank. So that, I mean, there were a lot of potential bad outcomes that could have happened. I don't think we were again, biting our nails daily because of it, but they were yeah. on people's minds. Yeah, definitely. And there was, you know, there was periods of time where you would worry like, is there going to be layoffs? Like, is there going to be, you know, there was certainly like tightening of belts or whatever throughout the company and, and trimming down on things that may be like superfluous. Um, Nintendo is so good about not laying people off though. They're such a stable company to work for. We were so lucky that we never really had to worry that much, but certainly that was on our minds as we were in like those later Wii U years and things had not gotten better um, and yeah, you know, we had other concerns too, like, are they going to close our office? Which eventually they did, but like, yeah. you know, those are, those are like superfluous things that they could do to help the mon- the company save money that could have affected us like a lot. So, um, so yeah, yeah, there was, there was stress and concern, but never to the point of like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> shutting her down kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Grumpstraw is next. Hello. What do you think the trajectories of both of your careers as talent on camera would be like if you had joined another one of the big three? If you were at Sony or Microsoft, do you think you'd have pursued the same sort of opportunities while working their creative content for a digital space? Is that something you both wanted to do or is it a project of happenstance? For me, it was definitely a product of happenstance. It, it really was not something that I was out to do. I joined the company in the communications department to work on, um, you know, like traditional 
PR stuff, like media stuff. And then, of course, social um, became a big part of my job and creator relations. But that was sort of what I saw as like my quote unquote career. And the on camera stuff was just like a fun thing that was happening on the side, really. Um, it, it it's kind of funny to think about it now because now it's like, well, it's completely the opposite. Like now this is like my job, you know? Um, but it was totally not something that I was pursuing and just happened. Yeah, it was, I mean, happenstance. That's a great word. Um, it was happenstance for me as well. I mean, I do think we have to give ourselves some credit and say, you know, we, we did obviously have some talent in it, which is why we ended really? up doing more and more and eventually this. Um, do we have talent or do we just like it though? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, the between you and me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Sony, Sony doesn't do as much of this as they could. And they have some really incredible, you want to talk about talent. Like Sony has some great people who I think could be doing more, um, yeah, on camera sure. and doing, you know, original video, um, People who, you know, came from journalism before, people who, you know, have come up the ranks um, internally at Sony, some really, really amazing people. Um, so I, there's just not that many opportunities to do it there. Microsoft, you know, does have more. I got to give a shout out to Major Nelson, who is kind of like an OG of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And who's really had at this point, like a really remarkable career. I'd love to get to know him. I'm like, I never, I've never met the man. I'd, I'd love to, to meet him. Yeah. Um, but they, they seem to have more opportunities and want to put people out there a little bit more. And, and I think it's great. I think it works well for them. Um, I always think, you know, with, with any of these companies, there's, there's always more or, or new ideas that they could explore. But yeah, I think, I think Microsoft has been a bit more aggressive in that space. Yeah, for sure. I think that, that, the work that we were doing at Nintendo, like that was so much of a passion project for a very small number of people that when we left, like there is no, there, there still is no new, you know, like Nintendo minute replacement yeah. or even like some of the other original videos that, that you were leading um, at the company when you were there, like it's just trailers now. They just stopped doing and, it. And yeah. Nintendo direct. So like, if you don't have people that are passionate about, pushing that forward. Like, I don't think it gets done. And that's the point about Sony as well. Is like, I don't think they have people there pushing it forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Pikmin Sneezkov is next. Hi, Kit and Krista. Eight years ago, Nintendo hosted an event called Nintendo Challenge Live to promote the launch of Super Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. Because of technical difficulties, Smash footage had to be interrupted, and in the meantime, Bill Trinan and Krista stepped in to entertain the audience with Super Mario Bros. Lost Levels. It was very funny to watch as the whole Smash community was mad that their game was interrupted and Bill and Krista struggled to get past the first level. <laughs> Lol. Could you tell us more about this cursed event? The archive no longer exists on NOA's YouTube channel. However, a streamer by the name of Bond of Games has the stream partially archived. And, uh... Sneezkov has included the URL here. <laughs> oh my gosh. That oh, this. Really yeah, that was during Com San Diego Comic-Con. So this was at Comic-Con. I yeah. was there but had to leave early. You Leaving really, you to be a part of this. You ditched mess. me and, and put me in a really terrible position. And now I'm embarrassed because I had to play this terrible game that I could not play. Well, I think Bill Trennan should be the one who's embarrassed. 
Well, he performance in the lost levels was he definitely should be more embarrassed than me, but (laughs) I also was embarrassed. I had more to prove than Bill Trinity. I was I was left to to just You were still up and coming. I was left to perish because you (laughs) ditched me. I can't believe I'm still kinda mad at you, honestly. Um yeah, that, that the way you described it is exactly what happened is that we were kind of like last minute <laughs> um, last minute ads because there was like all these technical difficulties. There were huge like, technical difficulties. It was I really bad. Like talk about embarrassing. That was yeah. pretty embarrassing. Um, so yeah, we, we did not get past that first level and it was very awkward and terrible. And I honestly like, I do not like doing this with anybody else but you. So I really didn't want to do it. And I was forced, forced to do this. And I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and you told me a mortifying story that um, somebody approached you and said, oh, it's Kit and Krista. But it, it was Krista, but it wasn't Kit. It was. That's right. I also hosted <laughs> that Smash event with another member of the Nintendo Treehouse, um, who was a Caucasian male. <laughs> <laughs> in the most PC term. He was a white guy, okay guys? <laughs> and I was I was Krista and I was there and then this person came up to me and was like, Can I get a picture with you guys? It's you guys are Kit and Krista, right? And I was like, Well, I'm the Krista part of it. But I think it was so embarrassing that we just took the picture. Like we really cannot even like so there is That's a picture so out there from some someone has a photo that they think got it's it, you. Get it get it out there. But yeah, the world needs you. to see this. It's somebody else. It's a it's, a, it's another it's a doppelganger, but really, it's, oh, the gosh. person looks nothing like you, so it really wasn't <laughs> a doppelganger. Me, Caucasian, generic Caucasian male. What's the difference? Blinking white guy. Not a lot. Uh, we know who that is. That's Drew Scanlon. We love him. Um, <laughs> Nebula has the next question. Krista talked about motion sickness with the 3DS, and my first experience today with Pokemon Scarlet has been tamped down a bit with the same. I'm very susceptible to motion sickness, and it's always disappointing when it becomes a barrier to enjoying a game. Krista and Kit, if you also struggle with this, what do you do to mitigate gaming motion sickness? Has it ever made a game unplayable for you? I had to give up on Superliminal myself. Does motion sickness ever come up in game game development or QA to your knowledge? Yeah, I actually am pretty, 3DS was definitely like when I turned the 3D on, it definitely did not, I I wasn't, I, I didn't do well in that environment. Like I definitely would get motion sickness, but beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like, pretty good with motion sickness. Like I don't have it too often. So it kind of, it, it is sad that you struggle with it. Um, I think the only other game that I had like terrible motion sickness was mirrors edge. I yeah. Cannot, I cannot play that game. Like I, I literally tried many times and it's impossible because the motion is too jerky for me. Um, but yeah, I can, I can see it with Pokemon Scarlet though, because the camera when even when, um, we were playing together, um, when we were streaming and you were controlling the camera, I was like, can you stop doing that? Cause I thought you were doing it on purpose. I think it's it's it the frame rate. The, it's like, it's, it's not smooth. Rate. It's right. jerky. And that's what's causing you, you to get yeah. jarring. Yeah. I, I fortunately to- have never experienced this, but I know a lot of people who do. I do know it's something that in development and QA, they take into account because obviously that's you don't want that to happen um it does seem to you know first person games seem to have a lot there was another game on xbox um 
breakdown, I think it was called, which was kind of a predecessor to Mirror's Edge, where you could mm. like see the hands and it was like the full body from yeah, a first person perspective. Yeah. That seemed to really mess with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, that's a very interesting quirk of, of making games that, you know, obviously is a, is a big issue for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Ways to prevent it though. I think, um, you have to just maybe play it in like shorter chunks. Mm. And I, I do think playing on a bigger screen makes it worse for me. Oh, really? So like maybe you try playing it just handheld. Hmm. The game doesn't have graphical performance, so why bother anyway on That's TV? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well, oh, if you want to just get through this game, play it on handheld and like look outside, look at the horizon <laughs> often. I don't know. Uh, good luck. I'm sorry that you're dealing with it, though. That sucks. Our next question is from MadDog5981. In your roles at Nintendo, did either of you have to deal with the ESRB? Were any Nintendo games given the ratings that were higher than expected? And if so, was there any back and forth or negotiations in order to change the rating? You were frightened of the ESRB. So, so very frightened. I couldn't even well, say mimosa. Well, Nintendo was frightened of the ESRB because they ruled with an iron fist. Like we had to do mandatory, what was it, twice training. a year? Twice a year. Training. ESRB training. Of like learn, you know, what the ESRB wants. How do you be compliant? Yeah. Um, and it was grueling because if you got fined, like it was big money and it was like, your department has to pay for this. And it was, it was kind of implied, like you're probably getting fired if you mess this up, you know, because you're costing the, the company a lot of money. We had a really close call with the ESRB on some Nintendo minute videos where we got some bad advice. Oh, and, yeah. and we got a, we got a nutty phone call. We were just like we we're on a plane and we landed and we got some really like intense message from the legal team was like, what is going on? Like the That's ESRB right. is breathing down our necks. You need to change this immediately or we're going to get fined. Yeah. And we did. But it was like really like a nerve wracking day. It, it was. I mean, we definitely d dealt with them a lot. They They were made out and maybe they really just are in reality, this big, scary entity that will like come down on you if for the smallest mistake um and the marketing team really like took the brunt of it because it needed to like for every video it needed to be like every four seconds before you play any footage like there was also a lot of negotiation about like esrb free or like rated e footage for, even for mature games that was the thing that was like such a headache it's like if you point the gun at the yeah. camera yeah that that's out or any this is too much blood and so like for a game like bayonetta that ends up in a like in a nintendo direct or something like that they had to like scrub it down so that it's you know esrb friendly and that was tough. That was like really hard to find like footage like that to use um and it was it was a pretty big headache yeah, honestly, marketing for M-rated games is tricky because of the ESRB. So that's why it was nice that we were mostly <laughs> not dealing with those. I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, switching it up underscore has our next question. Hey, K&K, &K, how are things? Back when the Wii U was revealed, EA came on stage and said there would be an unprecedented relationship with Nintendo. After this, things seemed to fall apart. The relationship between EA and Nintendo is nearly non-existent. There were rumors that Nintendo were originally going to use EA's origin for the online infrastructure for the Wii U, but ended up going with their own infrastructure, and EA was not impressed. 
Was there any truth to this? Do you have any insight into what happened to their relationship and why EA did not take Nintendo consoles seriously? Case in point, FIFA Legacy Editions, year in, year out. Thanks. So I forgot to to talk about this on the Wii U episode, but Nintendo got done dirty by a lot of these third launch third-party games, which we mentioned this, like they were big names, but they were games that people had already played. And they were like, they came out, you know, six months ago, a year ago from when the system launched. And I think most people who would have been interested in those had already played them. And -hmm. there wasn't enough new content to give it another go. And I think a lot of those third parties said, wow, this launch software should be selling through the roof. It's not. This system's a dud. We're pulling out. Yeah. And that was a really unfair way to judge it because that was not the strongest software that they could have done. It was not taking advantage of the hardware. And in the case of EA, it was like, here's Mass Effect 3 that's kind of watered down, honestly. Here's Madden that came out months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they judged their decisions on that. So it was really frustrating to not really be able to give it a fair shake because these games didn't live up to the, what they should have been. Yeah. It's like they were being set up to fail basically because your, your expectations didn't match the support that these games were going to give to the system. Like your expectations were for the system to be a huge, like, positive thing for these games and you would have come out with your actually good games that were not six months old you know right right so like obviously there was little belief even going into it and then why would why would there be a surprise when it did when it didn't sell you know yeah i I do think there were other things happening behind the scenes i do think the you know this is this is not news like the wii u was a very hard system to develop for yeah and i think the tools outside of nintendo were probably not up to snuff yeah so it was tough on those launch games but it, it just made for a really bad situation which there were a lot of those with the wii u and it you know led to what what that system became yeah exactly Uh, Matthias.cs has the next question. Hello, Kit and Krista. Do you know what it is taken into account when choosing a release date for a game? Pokemon has a pattern of re- of releasing main series games on Fridays of November, at least since Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Does the franchise negotiate to have a specific date over another if they belong to the same publisher? For example, Zelda disputing a release date with Mario the movie, the game, because they expect to finish development at the same time. This is something we never got complete clarity on. There Mm -hmm. was a team that was in charge of deciding like the launch launch dates or how much things would cost and how much we would be manufacturing, but they really operated in the shadows. And they also operated like in their own little silo, like no one else could get in, you know? Right. It was very strange. Nintendo does uh, release most games on Fridays. Um, There was... There was two, there's two release date instances that I recall that we were like, we cannot have this happen. One was when uh, September 11th was a Friday and there was a want to release the latest Star Fox game on that date. And we threw up all of the red flags available and was like, no, 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 please don't do this. This is so tone deaf and terrible. What are you thinking? 
And there were Thanks. a lot of people that were like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? I'm like, are you kidding me oh right gosh. now? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, that was that was a real head They did ultimately moment. change it. They did ultimately change yes. it, thank goodness. And I was like, great. Some There was another game um, that released on the same day as, a, as another Nintendo game. What was well, it? So Super Mario 3D um, World and mm-hmm. Zelda A Link Between Worlds came out on the same That's day. It. That's what which, it was. Which, again, I don't know what they were thinking. You know, it may have been like, well, one's for 3DS, one's for Wii U, so those are different audiences. Let's just yeah. let's just get them out there. It, no. It's, it's not the best way to do it. You know, there are, no. there are some very, like, general ideas that you see, like, Let's get it out before Black Friday. That's generally a good idea. Or we need to get this out before the end of the fiscal year, the quarter. Sure, I get it. Beyond that, it's just, you might as well just throw darts. Darts, yeah. But usually it, it, it's Fridays. It usually makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Kyle Gamer, what Splatfest themes would you like to see in the future? Don't answer that question. That is going to become a future Never a Minute segment. You're hearing it now for the first time. Oh, we can also do a poll and you yes. guys can tell us and we'll share in that segment as well. Exactly. For our wonderful Patreon community. That's right. Exciting stuff. Good idea, Kyle Gamer. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that the end? Well, it's not the end. Of the we got some great shout outs to make. That is the end of, of the course. questions though, yes. Okay. Who's going first this time for the superstars? Uh, I will go first. Here we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Icorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Jordan Collette. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Paul Gale Network. Rain Tech. Roy Eschke. Simon Barrera. Let's do this together. Okay. Three, two, one. Switching, Switching it up. up. Underscore. World premiere. Safaze on. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. Link, the Hero of Winds. Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly. And Turbo Charge Nerd. <laughs> Thank you, Outstanding. All right. Now moving on to our One Up Club graduation service. Should I go first? Please. A. Ron Burgundy. Adam Edwards. Jean Malari. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Astro Dev. Eagle. Bookum Dano. Rad SF56. Bruce Stash. Chancellor Fairley. Christopher Lay. Fozitar. Captain Cinnamon Buns. Captain Alex. C. Roper 17. Daniel Cold. Daniel Valencia. Dachshun. Doodoo Phase. Douglas Chomix. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Espars 50. Uh, Esrato. Fart Priest 69. Airbound. Fred Rossi. Gar. Garrett Hallfish. Ian Shea. Israel or Izzy. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jackie Z. JK99. JBJ. Jeff Yoakum. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Hemmerly. Joseph DeHaze. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Just Camtro. Kai Comercio. Kawa2796. Kelp Shake. 
Kevin Delane. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamerberry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Kyle the Buff. Kyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lego My Frogo. Lena. Lit. Lucas Pico. Mad Dog 5981. Malfarink. Marky Man 64. Matthew Rewald. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Michael White. Mikey. Mr. Andy Pong. Murph. My Tran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Panda Buns. Piano Psychopath. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. P.S. Wee. Quinn Hardigan. Reaver. Ray Chiron. Ryuji Utsuho Okuu. Renee Rivers. R.J. Kern. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Ryanetta. Sam Neeland. Sharif Jackson. Sheer Cold Vanille. Shinru. Slowbro. Schmiggles. Silly Ferret. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citrone. Teppo Limburg. Thomas Alvarez. Travis Torline. Troopage. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tyler Geis. Video Game Stupid. Beautiful Dandy. Virtual Bot. Wicked Davy. Will Ernst. Will Johnson. Zutaverf. Zelgaroth. And Droid. Woo! Made it. The ending is always hard. Like <laughs> 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 a tongue twister at the end. Oh, man. Awesome. Well, that was fun. I'm so glad we got our TGA predictions all locked up here. And I can't wait for us to find out how right or wrong we are when we're live. Indeed. In LA, all dressed up in our party finest. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. Lots of fun things going on there. And we're gearing up for our next monthly meetup. So if you sign up before Saturday, you'll have time to, to come hang out with us. Um, what else is happening? Follow us on social. Follow we're us on, on social. Yeah. We're we on now Twitter. have a Facebook page. That's new. Say, wow. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. Wow. Yeah. If you're watching this on video, do us a favor, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on audio, you can leave a five-star rating and write a short review as well. Thank you very much. It does it does help us a lot. So thank you for doing that. All right. I think that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.